Savage. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning. It is a beautiful Saturday morning here in the Chicago area. I am your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining the HHH Racing Podcast. Saratoga today for Saturday, September 2nd. Believe it or not, the very last Saturday of the meet at Saratoga, and they are finally getting absolutely beautiful, sunny weather there in Saratoga. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Smash that like button. We'd really appreciate that. And also hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. Of course, you can listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have fantastic power picks. Look below the video player. And boy, do I have some strong opinions today. Hopefully, they're going to be good. But I have some very strong opinions today. I tipped out one of them on the Betten and Boozin show this past Wednesday as I made a bit of a guest appearance. Hope maybe you saw that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We've got a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Um, today, guess what? It's just me. I started this podcast in late January of 2021, and I did over 100 shows just on my own and my wonderful co-host, Pete, Paul, Kyle, Charlie, Patrick, Noah, uh, giving them a little break this morning. Uh, they've been working very hard this summer throughout the Saratoga meet, especially. And I think I can handle this on my own uh, this morning. And the great thing about having doing your own show is the, when you have strong opinions, hey, I've got no one in person to push back on me. But you know what? I've got you our wonderful viewers and listeners to push back. So please make sure you comment in the live chat to be very active. We're going to be talking about the late pick five today at Saratoga. And I have some extremely strong and hopefully good opinions. So thank you very much for joining us. Before we start, very quickly, uh, I've got a few items I want to mention. And before I do that, let's go to the comment section Bill Kelly is here. Beautiful day at the spa. Let's go to the spa season with some win winners. And Bill, perhaps you will see Patrick Kunzel, our wonderful co-host from Bed and Boozin. He is also there at Saratoga Live taking the great horse racing action on closing weekend. Terry Frank from St. Louis is here. Terry, how you doing, buddy? Met Terry uh, at the Viper Club for Jockey Karaoke. Uh, about a month back at Saratoga. Terry, how you doing? Katie is here. We've got Jimmy is here. Good morning. Uh, Mike Monroe is here. Matt Miller, BCBC champ. Great friend. Looking forward to a fun day. I am too. I'll be spending some time with Matt today, uh, betting, maybe a little boozing, talking horses, uh, playing some contests, having a lot of fun. Matt, as you know, I've got some strong opinions, some which I'll be talking about today here on the show. A few quick items before we get into the late pick five at Saratoga. And also I'll mention the early stake races as well. Uh, big news. And this is in the, um, excuse me, this is in DRF. So you could go on to uh, daily racing forum. You can hear about it. So news coming out about New York Thunder, uh, who of course tragically passed away last week. Uh, he had some legal, I want to make this clear, legal injections into his joint several times 
over the last uh, past months. He was also on the vet list a bunch of times. He had some injections, again, legal injections, to take care of some joint inflammation and pain 14 days before his huge win in the Amsterdam where he ran off the screen. And he also had some injections 14 days before his tragedy in the H. Allen Jerkins. Heisa insists that uh, trainers make sure they do not run horses within a 14-day period. Again, everything was done legally. However, obviously, New York Thunder had some issues physically, and you would have to at least guess or speculate that that has something to do with the tragedy uh, last weekend. So I just want to point that out. Again, go to the Daily Racing Forum, or you can just Google it, but New York Thunder um, was on the vet list and had some joint injections, and I'm sure there'll be much talk about that. On the positive note, there's two horses on the work tab that just came back that I'm excited to see. Up to the mark, a very talented turf horse for Todd Pletcher, the best distance turf horse in this country by far, had been injured, is back on the work tab, and Pletcher is planning on running this one in the big um, mile race, mile turf race at Keeneland next month, which is a win and you're in. So hopefully up to the mark will be running in about a month and could come back as big and strong as ever. And another horse, this one for Brad Cox. You remember this horse? First Mission, a horse that I absolutely loved, loved in the Preakness until he got scratched 48 hours before. He had some hind end issues. He's back on the work tab. So hopefully First Mission, uh, a three-year-old will come back bigger and stronger than ever. Who knows what the plan is for first mission, but I did want to mention that. Also, we have Simon O'Neill is here from Europe. Simon, hello. How are you? Good morning. Well, actually, good afternoon to you. Uh, Paul Halloran. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got to be very honest. Uh, we were scheduled to have Charlie and Kyle on. Charlie uh, did text me. He's got some things going on um, at school this morning. The Ohio State University is uh, playing football today, a home game. So Charles is a little busy this morning. Kyle Roscoe, Kyle is uh, not sure, actually, but I'm sure he's fine. No no big deal whatsoever. Happy to go solo this morning. And Paul, give you and Pete a little bit of a break. Uh, although if you guys would like to come on, you're more than welcome. You do have the link. Obviously, no obligations whatsoever. Uh, let's see here. Charles B. mentions that love the transparency of Heisa. Yes, they need to be more transparent, though. Too bad the betters did not know the horse was uh, sound or not sound. I'm not saying he was not sound or lame. He passed all the vet exams. I'm just saying, Charles, that it's been now documented that he did have some issues, but he was clear to run. Uh, you can you know, decide for yourself uh, any judgments there. But, again, that obviously has something to do with um, – his race a week ago. All right. The other thing I want to mention, and I touted this out at Ben and Boozen on Wednesday. So check out the Wednesday show. I think episode 38, I like to say, but this past week's Ben and Boozen show, I love a horse running a Kentucky Downs today in race 10. It's the number eight church town. He's four to one morning line. I'm not tipping out some kind of 20 to one shot, but Annapolis is in that race. I'm totally against Annapolis today. I love, love Church Down, hoping to get like three to one at Kentucky Downs today, race eight. And if I'm wrong, hey, so be it. It's horse racing. 
it's called gambling for a reason, but I will be placing a big win bet on Churchtown for sure today at Kentucky Downs race 10. I don't have the time of that race, but it's obviously later this afternoon. And uh, let's see, Phil, oh, Phil Conti's here. Yes, he had issues. We got uh, Jimmy Tuas loves Kentucky Downs. And look who's here. Wow. All right, so I don't know if he's going to be here for the whole show, but knowing this guy, I'm 99% positive he's handicapped the late pick five, and he's got nothing else to do. So let's bring him on. This was a surprise, but I love it. From the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the Saratoga Special, subbing in, I got a substitute teacher today. Paul's going to join us. Paul, how you doing? I'm off the also eligible list like Dracone. There we go. Paul, you going to join us for the whole show? Uh, I think I should be good. We'll see what happens wow. here. By the way, on an Ohio State game day, Charlie Freeman was three to five to not be here. <laughs> that's a good point, but you know okay. That, that's okay. I, that is, was is, I, you're home, oh, right, Paul? <clears throat> yes, unfortunately, I am okay. home. I am better. Uh, okay, I guess good. <laughs> I I am coming off a uh, <laughs> a minor COVID bout, uh, oh. but uh, actually, this that. is this is the best I've felt. Uh, uh, I've, I've, you know, the usual, I felt lousy early in the week, uh, starting with Monday night, though I soldiered through and, okay. uh, well, we're, we're glad you're off the vet list. What you got behind you there? Like in the picture frame, there's a big, there's a, a sign or something over your shoulder. Uh, I'm outside. Uh, this is, uh, we're having some, uh, some work done on the, uh, oh, okay. the uh, put an addition. All so. right. Well, the, the Paul Halloran household, I expected a, a five-story mansion, but that looks, that looks lovely though. There are a lot of trees around. looks wonderful. Oh, I should bring this around the front at some point to show you my new okay, addition. Well, I'm very proud of. We'll do that. Ralph Conti. I agree with you, Paul. Ralph said now we can get some winners with Paul coming on the show. Ouch on my part, but you know, in Paul's case, uh, totally agree. Uh, Paul, obviously you'll give us the uh, picks as we go along and I'll put them up. Uh, I'm assuming you have top three for each race. So we'll go ahead and put them up. Uh, on in the uh, banners before we get to the race let's just do this before we talk about the race I think that'd be easier for me from a tech standpoint so let me erase this and Paul who do you have in race eight race eight is the first leg of the first leg of the late pick five (laughs) interesting um I am going to come back to Thin White Duke in race eight, Howard. Do you just give me the top three numbers, Paul, and then we'll handicap after that? Uh, sure. Three, four, five. Hey, very simple. Before we get into that, I just want to mention, Paul, for the viewers, and I'll let you sort of formulate your top three picks if you haven't done that also. There are some races earlier in the early pick five we're not going to talk about. the. F- I'm glad we're not talking about the early pick five, Paul. As much as I love Saratoga and I love stake races, When's the last time you saw on a Saturday at Saratoga, Paul, race fields of four, five, and six in the early pick five? It's just, and these are not like off the turf nonsense. I don't even want to get into it. But anyway, the Flower Bowl, I actually think Amazing Grace can turn the tables on McCulloch today. Uh, there was some trouble trip for Amazing Grace. We were uh, we were there. I was there that weekend. So there's a lot of horses coming back today that I have strong opinions. I like Amazing Grace a bit in the flower bowl and the prior is the number five horse and I'm drawing <laughs> it's a small field. I really like the five horse on the outside in the Prioress. That is race five. So just want to mention those two races before we get into the later races. Last thing race seven, which is out of the pick five is a loaded 
baby race. And I love, 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 love a horse in that race. Should I tell them, Paul, or should I just tell them if you have the power picks, you get to see it. If you don't, too bad. (laughs) Closing weekend. Be a sport. All right. I'm just kidding. The number nine dive bomber in race seven outside of the late pick five had a little bit trouble first time out is by Omaha Beach, Paul, which is a red hot first crop sire out of a blame mare distance will love uh, the extra furlong had trouble last time. And Paul, as you know, cause I sent them to you and everyone on the show, three straight B plus workouts for dive bomber with blinkers on. And Paul, as you know, you know, this yesterday, there was a horse that ran sort of off the screen uh, at Saratoga named locked in race five locked beat a horse called drum roll, please. Who ran very well. And Dive Bomber Paul outworked Drumroll Please several times. So uh, Dive Bomber in race seven, the nine, who's seven to two, Paul, I'm sending it in. I think that horse has a huge shot at maybe, you know, five to two-ish. So there you go. Uh, Let's go to race eight, Paul. I'm going to bring up on the screen right now. and We'll jump right in here to the late pick five today at Saratoga. Let me take the banner. Uh, excuse me, the yeah, this the banner off the screen that is scrolling, and I will show the picks for my uh, uh, myself and my surprise co-host today, Paul <laughs> Halloran. Race eight, it's the Harvey Pack, and Paul, if we had uh, time, we could extol the virtues of a Harvey Pack, just an unbelievable uh, personality in horse racing who unfortunately passed away, I believe, a few years ago. But it's the Harley Pack, excuse me, the Harvey Pack, stakes it's on the turf for older males 150,000 five and a half furlongs I do not have scratches in front of me Paul I know they came out but it was very hard for me to read what Andy Sterling sent out so if you uh, the, yeah if just you the, the viewers can help me out with that as we just go race by we'll just do a race by race Paul yeah. and make it easier just uh, the M- me, uh, just the MTOs in this race okay just the MTOs you see on the screen, the Moorline favorite is number four, Big Invasion for Clement and Rosario. You're going with Thin White Duke, who, by the way, is co-owned by Steve Christ, for people that know Steve Christ. Is that why? Is this a, is this a journalism angle, Paul? Well, and Steve, you know, I, I went to a few seminars at uh, the old, uh, well, it's still there, in the backyard at Ciro's with Steve Christ and Harvey Pack. Oh, we have man. mentioned Harvey Pack. So. I, I so wish that I had a chance to see those. I was old enough. For oh, that. boy. Uh, Ciro's and then actually in, in the carousel where the four-star Dave is now, Howard, when that was the old carousel. Yeah, uh, they were in there at one point. So I'm dating myself, but I'm old. Um, yeah, you know, this was, you know, obviously big invasion enjoys a huge class uh, advantage in this race. Uh, you know, uh, did not run well at all in Ascot, but you know that's that's no crime. Um, you know, ran very well in the Jiper, ran not well at all in the Turf Sprint when we were there at Churchill, of course. That was the day that you weren't going to win that race coming from 10th. I, I think Finn White Duke has a price shot here. The horse does run well at Saratoga, six out of eight in the money. Um, does need pace to run into and will have to get the jump on Big Invasion, who obviously has a huge turn of foot. But, you know, if Big Invasion is going to be even money and Finn White Duke's going to be five or six to one, I, I'm going to try for a price play here. Paul, I have some intel. And if you people watch this show, 
you get a lot of strong opinions and some once in a while you get some intel. Paul, Big Invasion's had some little foot issues. And this is part of the reason why he's been off. He's only had one work since he's come back. And the connections, Paul, uh, are just hoping that he's just such a freaky good talent that he can just win on talent alone. I'm dubious of this horse today. Based on what I've heard, I'm not saying he can't win. I want to make it very clear to everyone listening and watching. He's sound. He's 100% fit. Or I shouldn't say he's 100% fit, but he's healthy. This is not an issue of you know worried that he's going to get injured or something. But he is not 100% cranked up for this race, Paul. And maybe he's just that good, but I'm against this horse today. I'm using him, obviously, but I'm against him. So maybe that intel changes your mind or not. I don't know. But if you like Thin White Duke, that probably helps your opinion. I think uh, our shot is going to win this race, Paul. And I love the fact that our shot has an outside post. I think he might be better going five, but I don't see a problem with five and a half in a small field. He'll break. He'll look to his left, Paul, and see what's going on. There's not a ton of early speed in here. I, I think our shot is extremely logical, probably as the second choice in this race. Yeah, and and, and I have him on my top three. I, I agree. I, I think so. We're thinking alike, and at least trying to beat the favorite. Now the yes. that's always a two part equation. I'm usually pretty good at the first part. Uh, but the second part is oddly enough, you do have to have the right horse in order for them to pay you. That so, is true. That's, that's you got to read the fine print on that. But the other uh, horse I want to bring up, well, I'm just very quickly, we're not I usually don't yeah. want to talk about every horse, but I do want to talk about two. Mr. M is a horse that actually I've talked about on this show, and I bet Paul, he was going well. Jason Barkley claimed him off of a real nice win, two back. He had an A minus, which you almost never see on the DF work reports, an A minus workout report, Paul, before the August 5th race. I am guessing he just hated the wet turf. That is my guess. He's got IRED on. He's got the rail. There are some question marks in this race. I am not tossing out Mr. Mm out of my play here. I think Mr. Mm is actually a bit interesting if he fires his best shot, Paul. Uh, so I just want to mention that as well. Thin White Duke, they they all have a shot. The number two is coming off a layoff and might not be ready. Dancing Buck in New York Red. So I'm guessing he's not going to be fully ready here for Nichelle Nevin, who actually can win off the layoff and is uh, 13% with 180-plus day layoff in the last five years. So it's not like she can't do it, Paul, but this is a long layoff and not an easy spot for Dancing Buck. And, and Howard, Mr. Mm, you know, we rarely in the U.S. run on turf labeled soft. Yes. Right? It, 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 that's about as bad as it gets. And, and that was – was um, bad that day. Remember, that was when uh, – that was um, – I'm drawing a blank. Whit- the uh, Caravel ran and didn't fire at all that race. Remember that Yeah, race? it was no. the day before the Whitney, I believe. Yes. Is that right, Howard? Uh, August 5th. No, that- it was the day after. It was the day – no, it was no, Whitney No, that was day. Whitney Day. Yes, so that was that actually was, Whitney Day. And and that was obviously a case of that race would have been off the turf had it not been a stakes race. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, – I, I like your thinking there. You know, again, another one that uh, looks like he's going to be coming from behind, although has some running lines where he's been on or near the lead. So um, I read on board certainly helps. Yep. Uh Michael Austin mentioned, uh, well, he, let's see. Oh, Jimmy mentioned Big Invasion's going to love Sanita. I actually agree with that a lot, Jimmy. 
I don't know if Big Invasion is best going five. He might be better a little bit longer, but this just – that's a good point, Jim. This feels like a prep. I mean, he can win on pure talent alone, but the Quants are no dum-dums, Paul. This horse has a big shot in the Breeders' Cup sprint uh, in, you know, what, two months here uh, going five furlongs. So that's a good point by Jimmy as well. All right, let me go ahead and move on to the next race, Paul. The next race I also have a – strong opinion of and i want to tell everyone about it hopefully i'll be correct uh paul who are you going in with in race nine a very tough new york allowance race race nine i have uh i'm coming back with ravelli i have 10 3 12 hey i think you're gonna like wow paul this is a wide open field and a tough race we are thinking quite a bit alike sir there they are in the bottom of the screen we both have the three and the 12 in the mix, and I've got the 12 on top, and some people might know why if you look at the uh, PPs, but we'll, we'll talk about it, Paul. Let's go to race nine. Tough allowance race, huge field. Are there any scratches, uh, Paul? I believe not. Hold on. Race nine is number seven only. Fancy pants, Juliana, huge price or donk. Okay, non-factor. Uh, you've got a field of, let's see, it's going to be 12 then because of the scratch. And the Moorline favorite here is, oh, it's on the screen now. Good. The Moorline favorite is the number 10, Richie's Princess, bringing the 11 hole for Ravelli and Irad. You already mentioned, we touted this horse. We talked about this horse last time, Paul, because this was an extremely well-meant first-time starter for Ravelli, who is known to have first-time starters cranked up and ready. This horse absolutely flew out of the gate, ran well, was a little bit goofy in the stretch. I say goofy, but was a little bit wide in the stretch and was tiring but ran very well, and you're just going right back to him, to her, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of betting a horse first time against winners as the favorite, so that's, that's a drawback. But I think this is a competitive field, but, you know, among the – the winners, so to speak, the whole, and most of them have won. I think he's the only one moving up off a of maiden. I don't see anyone. I liked this horse a lot last time. Uh, Ravelli has great numbers off a win, so that's uh, that. That's no, uh, you know, in my mind, I like that. Uh, Irad stays. Uh, put up a, a very competitive buyer in his first start, a seventy-nine. I'm going to show um, the stretch run here, Paul. Obviously, she's in front. She did get the drifts a little bit. Some yep. people thought there should have been an inquiry, if you remember this race. I don't think there should have been. Um, but I, she's going to have to run really well, and it's a ton of speed in this race. This, to me, is a, a, actually tougher than her first race for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean, I, I attribute some of that. I mean, that's first-time starter greenness, you know, sure. uh, running all alone. Uh, I, I think she'll be fine off that. Um you know, she did hold off. Once I read, got her straightened out. She she ran again. So yeah, again, I, I'm not loving having the favorite first time against winners, but I also wouldn't be convinced this horse has to be on the lead to win. Really? Okay, interesting. I'm well, I, you know, by, by Leo Ban. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I I think in the way she responded. Uh, after that little drift last time. And, you know, we don't know how, if that was a drift or if it was, I read subconsciously being I read. So I guess oh, it was a drift. Come on, Paul. You know better. <laughs> Come on. 
Definitely a drift. Uh, no, we don't know. That is for damn sure. Paul, when I looked at this race, and you know, well, both of us are very much handicapped uh, on pace, and we try to get race flow, and I think probably everyone on this show, I probably look at that more, for better or for worse. They're just, there's so much early speed in this race, Paul, and there's like four or five horses that feel like need the lead types, and it just feels like this race has to collapse. I mean, I, I and I don't know if it will, but it feels that way, and on that in that vein, I'm going with a horse. Matt Miller, are you listening? Are you ready? Big Bean Christine. And Matt Miller and I have some history with this horse. I'm not going to get into all the details, but we cashed very nicely on her uh, two back on March 11th, which actually, Paul, happened to be NHC weekend. We liked her that day. She won at uh, 4.3 to 1. Now, let me just say a few things. Uh Ray Handel's one of my trainers for a bunch of horses I own. I know this horse pretty well. I've seen her in the shed row a bunch of times. I'll just say a few, few quick things. Seven furlongs is too far for her. She doesn't want to go that far, number one, Paul. And number two, she needed that last race. She does not have any work since her last race. And I have to be honest, I'm not exactly sure why she doesn't have any published works. But all I can tell you is the connections believe Big Bean Christine is ready, Paul. You've got her third. And if I'm looking for a closer, she's not like a deep closer, but she can pass horses. I don't really mind the outside post, although she could be wide here. I just think she's absolutely fascinating because someone's got to pass someone in the stretch. And this one looks like one of the few that can, and she's second off the layoff where Ray is very good in that stat. Ray, Ray Handel is 22% second off this kind of layoff, Paul. Big Bean Christine, boom, drop the mic, 8-1-ish. to one-ish. What do you think, Paul? I like it. Uh, I agree with you about the post. Um, you know, you like it. You're less bothered being that far out in seven furlongs than six. But, um, you know, you talked about the speed. Um, I think Dylan Davis is is riding well. Uh, he's, he's approaching the 20-win mark at the meet. Uh, this horse ran with two last two of the horses last time, and as you mentioned, clearly needed a race off what was an exactly a five month layoff. So uh, yeah, I, I I like your thinking here. Uh, Matt would not be wouldn't mind me saying it was almost a surreal out of body emotional experience for Matt when Big Green being Christine won at Vegas. If he wants to put more in the chat, he can. But he's mentioned on there um, how he actually had to walk out of the room for good reasons because it was that awesome when Big Bean Christine won. We both have the three real quick. I, I know we're going on a little bit longer, but that's okay. Uh, number three, we both like a little bit also. Missing Fortune, who has a run over the track. Kyber Koa is very capable jockey, and I don't think this one has to have the lead. Might just sit a garden trip at another big price, 8-1, to one, Paul. Yeah, you know, the, you got to be careful with the Finger Lake shippers. And this horse took money last time. Uh, sure did. You know, took serious money last time and ran well. I mean, that was that was no fluke in that race. Uh, ran a very competitive race and no reason why, you know, certainly a duplication of that puts her right in the picture. So, um, and, you know, you're going to get a bigger price than you probably should with yep. the Finger Lakes connections coming in. Totally agree. Let's move on to race time. Race time is a nice salty uh, allowance race for the turfers. Let me go ahead and take the banner off the screen again. Paul Halloran is 
off the literally off the vet list, off the AE list, and joining us sort of last I'm second. The, I'm on both all lists. Yeah, well, we appreciate it, but he's not main track only. He goes both ways. Uh, well, actually, I better be careful the way I say that these days. Anyway, <laughs> Paul, uh, <laughs> we got your top three, Paul. Sorry, too much caffeine this morning. I think. Well, I got to you know full disclosure, Howard. I go by the if you have a horse in, you pick them. So my dracone. Oh, I own a right. very, very, very small piece of uh, drew in off the also eligible list. Howard, in this race, you can scratch the 11 out of the main body and the okay. other AE, the 14, and then the two MTOs. So the 11 is out, you said? Correct. That's actually sort of a big scratch because the source had no chance but was going to show a lot of speed. So that's yep. interesting to know. And then the uh, Dracone's in, but the MTOs are out. Is Al's Rocket in the 14? No scratch, I see. Okay. He is out. Yeah. All right. So who are you going with, Paul? Top well, I'm three going or... with I'm going with my guy, Dracone, of course. Right. Um, you know, and I, and I got to tell Underneath you. Um, Paul, who do you got in the top three, though? Oh, I'm sorry. I have okay. – uh, where am I? He's so excited have... with Dracone. He can't even – no one I else have... is running in this race, according to Paul. I have 8-6. 13-8-6, eight, correct? Correct. Hey, we are again thinking very much alike, Paul, because boom, there's our picks on the bottom of the screen. I'm going eight, six, five. Although I didn't know Dracone was in the race. So you know what, Paul? You know what? Out of out of kinship, yeah. out of friendship, I'll put your thirteen in third. How's that? Does that make you feel a little better? We'll That's put great. your thirteen in third. You very we got the very same likely three. could run there. Uh talk about Dracone, who's not impossible here and is in really good form. Well, he really is. So he's a turf horse who had to be, you know, as we know, uh, no no turf racing in New York after December. So uh, was sent to Deodoro to, to, to go down to Texas, ran three, you know, very good races at Sam Houston, improved each time, a win in two seconds, uh, obviously got some confidence back, uh, came back and, and won on Memorial Day weekend at Belmont. That was a big day around here. My wife's Cannon Fire won on the same card. Yes. Um, came back and ran really well in that second at Belmont. Yes. Closing very well. Yes, yeah, scared and, the crap out of me you, I had the horse on top, and you almost came over the top and beat me. I had fair dinkum in that race. Yeah, he, he ran. Uh, that, that praise, was a, excuse a me, praise. Too bad. Yeah. Anyway. And I got to tell you, he ran better than the running lines look last time. You know, it was a typical turf race, Howard. Uh, first of all, uh, the yield yielding was not something he's necessarily interested in. That's number one. Number two, it, it, as a lot of turf races go, you can see he was sixth. He was a length and a half off <laughs> the winner. So it was one of those finishes. Um, I think he ran better than it looks. Uh, an 85 buyer is, as I texted you earlier, you know, that's like the cold fourth highest buyer of all these horses. So yeah. if he goes up off of that a little bit or even stays there, I, I think he's competitive and, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. He's, uh, he's, he really, if you look at it, he, his bat, he ran a bad race up here on dirt last year. Uh, other than that, at least if you look at the 12 lines on the, DRF page, they were all pretty competitive. Yes. Tough post, tough field, but can be tough a factor. Post. Very and... good point by you. Tough post. Although, let me say this I did a little research. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did a little research for Mike Piazza on the inner turf over the last five years. 
statistically, the 12 is actually better than the 9, 10, and 11, for whatever that's worth. Really? Yes. That sounds Small strange. sample. By the way, this you know they don't I, run that many twelve horse fields at a mi- that's at a mile. Not at the inner turf at a mile, the twelve is better than the nine, ten, eleven. Again, small sample. It's like fifteen percent wins, but only out of like thirteen races. Okay, so. and this is a mile. This is a mile. This one, or is it mile sixteenth? This is a a mile on the inner. Okay, internal okay. capital. Yes, this horse, Paul, got a ridiculous trip last time. I remember being against this horse last time because of the layoff situation, but I just want to show the first turn. This is a gray horse for Chad. This is the other Chad. How many times have we heard this before? It's <laughs> the other supposedly less likely winning Chad. Uh, internal capital is the two in this race last time in Monmouth. And Paul, he breaks just fine. There's no worries there. Uh, but what you're going to see, there is a lot of just a big old mess in the first turn. There's a horse in front of him that checked very badly and it caused like a chain reaction. And this whole race was just a flat out mess, but watch the number two internal capital, the gray, he's fine here. And then you see that horse in front of him checks, but it's going to happen again with the same horse. And oh, he steadies out of there really bad. And you know what I want to do? I don't usually do this on the show, but I actually think it'd be better if we show the head on here. Let me see if the head on is a little bit better for us. Again, watch the two carefully if you can see it. He's right here. I'll let it run again. I'll just talk through. He stays again on the backstretch, Paul. He was in a little bit tight. He ran okay through the stretch, like not great. You see this horse in the yellow cap right here is very rank. And you'll see a little better here where he's in between. And he like really got – it's a little bit hard to tell. But he got shuffled back. It was really weird. It was bad. And then he had another bad shuffle. Anyway, internal capital had trouble last time, Paul. And he was looking to be a real nice horse last year as a late developing three-year-old. Has buyers that fit. It's Castellano. I got no issues there. He's got to get the right trip. It's a big field. I like internal capital, Paul. Even maybe a little more than I'm very busy, who obviously can win also. And is working very well with blinkers on. Paul, I just want to mention that for the viewers, the number six, I'm very busy, has improved works with blinkers on. To me, it's Chad or Chad. Maybe Dracone can get in there. And I just heard out, just an FYI, Santana will be on Dracone because Caramouche was also named on a horse in the body of the race, and he will ride the horse that was not on the also eligible list. So okay, so Carmouche is on. Let's see here. Who's he's on he the on? four, I think. There is some speed in here. You got Fredo, and yeah, he's so Ruse, who I mean, you know he's going to lead. The, the, this horse is dangerous if he gets loose ball. I don't know if he will, but the fact that the eleven is out, the only real speed in the race now is the two and the four. So I'm not saying I'm gonna change my picks, but that does unless so high is sent hard. Um, that does change my picks a little bit. The land biscuits also in the race. But that was planned. I don't know. Uh, I think the, he had to move up the four a little bit now because there's less speed. I still don't know if he can get the job done. I want to quickly mention the five. We'll move on, Paul. Bad to the Bones uh, is going back to turf for Mott and actually has run okay on the turf and is 
a much better four-year-old and has some turf breeding and is working well. I don't think the five can win. I just want to mention bad to the bones. I think it's going to outrun his odds today in this race. Paul, let's go to the big one of the late pick five. And let me take this off the screen. Uh, who do you have, Paul, in the grade, uh, I think two, is in a grade two win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Classic, Saratoga, grade one, grade one, Saratoga uh, Jockey Club Gold Cup. Who do you have in this race, Paul? I have 814. 814. Okay, here are our picks. We are both going against Proxy. And Paul is going with the horse I've got second, a horse that I've got a history with that I can't wait to talk about. Paul, I love your pick. Love your pick. It's not my top pick, but I absolutely love your pick. I think this horse is fascinating. So let's get to it. Like I said, grade one, Jockey Club Gold Cup, about 618 local time, million dollars, mile and a quarter, field of eight, morning line favorites, rally and roll, the four. Proxy will be the other obvious choice. You're going bright future. Pletcher, Castellano, there's that combination again. Same combination as internal capital. Six to one morning line. He ran great last time, and I think this horse is absolutely fascinating somewhere near the lead in this big grade one. Paul. Yeah, you know, I think there's two horses you have to beat if in the race. You got to beat the one and four. Okay. Um, I think rattle and roll is very consistent, better better than I thought he was. Um, really hasn't done much wrong other than the fair fairgrounds race. Uh, very, you know, five five consecutive triple digit buyers. Um, you know, I don't have any real problem with that horse. I'm not dying to bet this horse as a favorite in a grade one race. Proxy is an interesting horse who I've been on a lot, and and I it drives me nuts because, and I said I've said this on the show. If you look at the running lines, the two times, and you know, we talked about this, I think, with Kevin Kilroy once. The yes. two times that they have put this horse anywhere near the lead, he's won. So therefore, what do they do the rest of the times? Get him hopelessly far behind so that he can run second, third, fifth. He did win, he did win the Oak Lawn. Uh, he got up, barely got up in the Oak Lawn, but I don't know. I, I think the type of race I think proxy would need to run to win this race, I think is difficult to run at a mile and a quarter at Saratoga. If that makes any sense. Uh, I agree. And I also know for a fact, this horse does not want to be inside. Now there's a very long run to that first turn. Paul, as you well know, I'm sure Rosario has plenty of time to extricate proxy away from the inside. I have to say, Paul, I think Sidham's done, even though I don't have the source in my top three, I'm totally fading this horse today, even though he could win. I think Sidham's done an amazing job with this horse. I've really never thought this horse is that good, which sounds disrespectful, but they have spotted this horse, Paul, so well. He's won yep. over $2 million, and I've said before, I try to be humble on this show, but when we're right, we need to say it, too. I've been very good with proxy in this podcast. I, I picked him. Last time, although he was, you know, odds on, forget that. I liked him. Let's let's look at proxy. I liked him at Oaklawn, if you recall, yeah, and he won at, at seven to two. If you remember, Paul, I liked him um, in the Clark last November, 
and he won for me at five to two. I hated him in the Stephen Foster for reasons he had the rail, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it. I don't like him here. He's not really getting better. He's no superstar. He's a low price. He's got the rail. You might be right about Saratoga not being to his liking. It's like tighter turns. I, I, I'm very dubious of this horse, even though I know he can win. I don't like him today. Well, there you go. So now if, if we take him out, now you just, I only have one horse to beat is rattle and roll. So I'm feeling right. better. I'm feeling better that I could have a bright future in my wagering. Oh, bright future. This is another horse I've talked about on this show a lot. Go ahead, Paul. What do you like about bright future? Ran huge last time. Yeah, I just, you know, again, you throw out the Brooklyn. It's a mile and a half race. Uh, kind of, a, it, it, it's it's kind of a, even though it's only a, a quarter mile more, uh, it is it is a race you kind of have to be forward in. And, and this horse was just last all the way around the track. No idea what happened there. But, you know, this is certainly a horse that uh, I think Pletcher likes. A $350,000 horse for Verpoli and Vinny Viola. Um you know, I like him coming off that hundred. Uh, he's had uh, four works since that race at Saratoga. Uh, I just think with only eight horses uh, in a mile and a quarter, uh, should be able to sit a trip and uh, be tactical and, you know, take the lead and, and hold off the closes. He goes by speed bias. who's a pretty good horse, by the way. And Artorias, who I liked a lot in this race, but just didn't really fire as well as he should have. He's a big striding horse for St. Elias, Paul. The outside post is great for him. He's going to get a good trip, you would assume. I don't see a ton of early speed. I think he's probably just going to sit off the two, would be my guess here, or just take the lead. I'll tell you what happened too back, Paul. He just wasn't sent. If you recall, I was on with you and Pete, and I loved this horse in the Brooklyn. And I was it was a horrible pick and ended up being because he was eased. But I read was like really passive with him. And I said, Paul, this horse wants to go to the lead. And I liked him last time and Castellano did it. Can he get the distance? I think so. Is he good enough? Curly, curly, curly. It's curling. Come on. Is he good enough? Maybe. I defaulted to rally and roll. I'm not really proud of this selection. I have to be honest. He's just really good now. And he's been working at Saratoga. He's never run it. He's won at Saratoga once, and he had a lot of trouble in that race. He's working well. He's going to sit a trip. I have no desire to take this horse anything lower than like two to one. But you know what? In a horizontal, he's just the most likely winner, Paul, to me. And so I'm not going to mess around. I do think Clapton is a bit interesting for Chad Summers, who's the new trainer. And they have aspirations. Get it right for this, Paul. They have aspirations to take this horse to Dubai next spring because Chad Summers of course has some history there in Dubai with mind your biscuits and they really think highly of this horse I don't know I someone had to finish second in the suburban and happened to be him against charge it I don't think he quite classes up this is a tricky race I also want to mention Tyson and if Tyson wins Paul it's gonna be winner winner chicken dinner get the reference oh I was thinking Oh, that too. A little Tyson chicken? No, forget it. Okay, anyway. Uh, I've seen this horse run too, and Josie Carroll's got two in here, Paul. This is a talented horse. I have no idea about the dirt. No. But he's got breeding for it, and this is a talented horse. This is a very tricky jockey club gold cup, and I'm hoping to be able to spread because I don't really love anyone in here, to be honest. 
that's my final opinion. Yeah, it's just a question of in this, you know, how how much do you do you spread? Uh, right. You know, with a eight horse field. I will say this, Paul. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Are you ready? Even though that the Jockey Club Gold Club is a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup, the winner of today's race 11 at Saratoga will not win the Breeders' Cup Classic. How about that for bold prediction? It's not exactly your stellar field. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Let's go to last race, Paul. And um, what we got before we do that, Felice Kamenoush. What's up, Felice? Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. Uh, Charles B said, "Bright future is the wise guy horse." You might be right, Charles. I don't think we're getting six to one. I'm thinking more like four to one uh, on that horse. And also, main focus brought this up. Bright future has been the workmate for Forte all along, Paul. So they've literally, they're you know, uh, uh, the namesake is is valid. Pletcher's always thought that Bright Future has exactly that. So he's been the um, workmate of Forte. All right, last race. Oof. Here, here we go. This race is Maiden 40 New York Reds, as usual. It's a complete cluster, unless you think the Clement horse is the bee's knees. Paul, who do you have in the last race today at Saratoga? Excuse me. Oh, boy. I'll tell you. I, I'm going to go with 794. 794. Okay. With as little confidence as you can have. <clears throat> um, there you go. This is one oh, of those classic me. New York, New York bred last race, not so much New York bred, but maiden claiming last races that, you know, even if you are four for four, you're on pins and needles, unless you oh. have all. You yeah. are absolutely big time holding your breath for sure, because oh. The four horse is an interesting discussion. I wish we could take 20 minutes to talk about it, but let me bring up the PP. Actually, let me bring up the Equibase. Excuse me. Let's do that first. You see our picks on the bottom of the screen. Maiden 40, mile 16th on the turf. We have scratches, Paul, please. Uh, we have just the AEs and the MTOs. So oh, yeah, They're on the screen. Great. So everyone's in the main body of the field. 12 horse field. More line favorite is Kamcha, the number four. Clement and Irad, you don't see Irad on too many Clements. Two to one, forget that two to one. This horse is going to be seven to five, right? I would say, Paul. You have this horse third. I have this horse second. You're going Stone of Destiny, who I have in the mix, but hell, I've got like 10 horses in the mix here. For David Donk and Trevor McCarthy, what is it you like about the seven, Paul, in the closeout race? Well, you know, the turf numbers are competitive. Uh, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, 57 looks like a competitive number in yep. this race. Um, clearly, uh, she's a turf horse, so you can throw out the last race. Um, I think Trevor will be aggressive. Trevor won one yesterday. He's chasing – Trevor chasing Katie is another subplot of this meet. <laughs> I think he's two behind her now, if I'm Ooh. not mistaken. Um, Braggy rights in the household there. Yeah. I think that, um, he's got a chance to just be very forward with this horse. And I mean, clearly, uh, you know, on paper, the four looks very good. Orange freeze came back to win out of that race. Um, I believe up here, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, I'll show the orange freeze PPs there, Paul, you know, again, you know, the curse of my wagering existence is being stuck on only the favorite in the last leg of a, 
of a multi. And this this would you know now you know get stormy was was a terrific terrific turf horse. Obviously this is a turf horse. Um, I don't know Greg Hawkins. It's a homebred. Uh, I don't know what prompted the the lengthy layoff. Uh, obviously they are waiting for a spot up here. It's Clement. Clement's having his usual terrific meet. So I, I have nothing against the four. I, I'm just looking for a price. I think the seven's a price. I, I threw the nine in the mix. The nine will be over bet because it's Jenna and Castellano, but I, I think the nine is uh, better. I, I won't say much better, but better on turf than dirt. Uh, it ran uh, somewhat competitive races on turf, but it's this is a dartboard race, Howard. Yeah, Jayla has a right to improve. Listen, the, the four horse is, like I said, the horse to beat. And she did face Orange Freeze, who would destroy this field, to be very honest with you. But here's my thing, Paul, and I want to be very clear again. We have a ton of people watching again this morning. Thank you so much for watching Saratoga today as we're going through, we're almost finished going through late pick five. Please smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. We're going to have Saratoga uh, today shows Sunday and Monday for closing day, Labor Day, same time, same bat station, 1030 Eastern. Paul, I do not have intel on Kamcha. I want to make that clear. But where's this horse been? They thought so highly of this horse that they only put her in for 40. She got a perfect trip. Now, she did run pretty well, but she got an absolute dream trip in her debut. Now she's off for two months. This, this just, this whole thing, yeah, fly, you know, it stinks. So get the fly swatter out because even though this horse is likely, like, I hate this horse on the win end as a bet. I mean, I would never put a win bet on this horse. I thought Dream Road is a little bit interesting. Sort of like your seven, Paul, will show speed. Has only one race on turf and ran a 62, which is very competitive number. Puts blinkers on. Ruben Silvera, you know, rides mainly at parks, but he's a decent jockey. I, he doesn't ride at Saratoga much, so the fact that he's here, I don't know. I don't love this horse at all, but you might want someone that it goes to the lead, Paul, and I'm thinking with blinkers on, maybe Dream Road will go to the lead. I have a lot of other horses that I'm going to use. Like, I'm going to use as many as possible because, like you said, it's a dartboard race, Paul, and this is the kind of race where – if you're alive to a lot of horses and you can get like a 15 to 20 to one, your pick five can absolutely explode. So it's weird. The four is the best horse and I'm using her horizontally, but vertically, I would want no part of the four on the win end at all, Paul, if that makes sense to everyone. Hope it oh, hundred percent oh, yeah, to quote our good friend, Kyle. Um, yeah. Uh, that's why I went looking elsewhere for a top pick and landed on the seven similar profile to the three, you know, maybe my seven sits off the three. Uh, Ruben Silvera is very good at parks. He frankly has struggled up here, um, which doesn't make him a bad jockey. It's, it's the most competitive jockey colony in the world. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to hope uh, Trevor can get closer to Katie and, of course, we have the Linda Rice, Chad Brown subplot. And, you know, Howard, when Linda got off to the start that she did, you know, you heard a lot of, well, this is a great start, but, you know, certainly she's not going to be able to sustain that for the meet. Well, folks, we're in day 38, and she's one win behind Chad Brown. And I, I get it. There have been 60-something races off the turf. 
which does affect Chad more than her. However, yes. Chad's also got about 50 more starts than her, 40-something more, more starts than her. So uh, hard to overstate what a phenomenal meet she's had, and it's going to be fun watching that. Since the jockey's race has been over after the first week, <laughs> it's going to be fun watching the trainer race this weekend. For sure. And out of respect to the great Andy Byer, who is on Talking Horses right now, they're starting, a li- they're starting a little bit earlier, Paul, because the race start half an hour early. We're, we're going to get off the air. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this up on YouTube and make sure everything's good for the podcast. And I'm going to go to Talking Horses and watch Andy Byer with Andy Serling um, because I love both those guys. And Andy Byer, by the way, last year was 9 out of 12 winners that he picked on the talking horses show on Naira. So I'm curious to see who they're going with the late pick five. Paul, really appreciate you jumping in here last second. I think are you can be on tomorrow or Monday, Monday on Monday. Paul's going to be on with me closing day. And I believe uh, Patrick Kunzel, if I recall, to close out our Saratoga Today shows. We wish everyone a ton of success and luck today all over the country. You got Del Mar and the Pacific Classic. You know my love for Churchtown at Kentucky Downs today, one of my plays of the entire summer. And then, uh, of course, all the horses we've touted here on Saratoga Day for the late pick five. For my co-host, Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz. It's been Saratoga Today for Saturday, September 2nd. Crush your bets at Saratoga. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye.